Hello, this is Edwin Crozier from the Franklin Church of Christ. We want to thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together. Sometimes you just have to get back to the basics, making sure you have an anchor to hold your developing understanding of God's Word in place. With this lesson, we will ask and biblically answer a very simple yet often misunderstood question. What is the Church of Christ? I hope this study will be beneficial to you. If you are able, open your Bible and study along. Reportedly, Vince Lombardi, legendary coach of the Green Bay Packers, would begin every spring training. As he looked at men who had been playing the sport for years, and he'd hold this up and he'd say, Men, this is a football. See, Mr. Lombardi understood something about victory. He understood something about success. He understood something about growth. He recognized that all of those are processes which begin with the basics. And so every year, he began with the basics. The same is true in our spiritual walk with the Lord. As we strive to be Christians and be faithful, serving our Lord and understanding His will, success, success and growth and victory in Christ are processes which begin with the basics, which must continue rooted in the basics. However, we as Christians often find ourselves, after we've had a few years of Bible study, we get tired of hearing the basics. We don't want to hear those things anymore, and so we start putting those aside, and we want to move onward and upward to bigger and better things. The problem is, when we neglect the basics, what all too often happens is we forget the basics. That being the case, we must constantly remind ourselves of the basics of being a Christian and of Christ's church. Today I'd like for us to look at some of those basics. I imagine we all know what a football is. But the question with which we want to deal this morning is what is the church of Christ? What is Christ's church? A very simple question. And yet, do we remember the answer? Unless I am mistaken, there is only one time in Scripture that the phrase Church of Christ, and actually it's a variation of it, is used in the Bible, and that's Romans chapter 16 and verse 16. In Romans chapter 16 and verse 16, where Paul had encouraged the Christians there to greet one another with a holy kiss, he said, All the churches of Christ... Greet you. I want us to just examine this phrase grammatically for a moment to help us understand exactly what this is. We need to understand that Church of Christ is used here as a noun phrase. It's a subject or an object. The key that I want you to understand is that it is not an adjective. It is not a descriptive term in the sense that it's describing what something else is. It is the subject or it is the noun phrase. It is a person, place, or thing. You remember from your grammar lessons. 
But as we look at this, we recognize that there are two parts of this phrase, beginning with the word church, which is a noun in this sentence. It is a person, place, or thing. It is an object. Church. The term that is translated church here is the word ecclesia. And that word simply and most literally means the called out. We find in the Scripture that it's used to refer to a group of people. Those who are called out. We recognize that there are the masses all over the earth. But there is a group that is called out and separated for a particular purpose. And that's a church or an assembly, an ecclesia. We also find out that despite our modern usage, this word is not strictly a spiritual word. It was a word that was adopted by the New Testament writers, but strictly speaking, it's a word that just describes a group of people that are gathered together for any reason. Look in Acts chapter 19. In Acts chapter 19, in verse 32, We find Paul in Ephesus, and a riot has developed. Of all the people in Ephesus, there are a group of them that have gathered together. They're shouting. They're rioting. But I want you to notice in Acts chapter 19 and verse 32, So then some were shouting one thing and some another. For the assembly was in confusion, and the majority did not know for what reason they had come together. That word assembly is our word, ecclesia the assembly, the group of people that had gathered together. We also find it here in verse 39, but if you want anything beyond this, it shall be settled in the lawful assembly. Here was a group of people. He said, y'all aren't called out lawfully. If you have an issue, let's deal with it lawfully in a lawful assembly. Have a group of people called together lawfully in order to deal with this. And then in verse 41, after saying this, he dismissed the assembly. My purpose in showing us these verses is to understand that the word ecclesia simply means a group of people. A called out group who have been separated out for a particular purpose. This group in Acts 19 had separated themselves out from the masses in order to be rioting against Paul. But in Romans 16, 16, it didn't just say an ecclesia. It described that ecclesia. It provided another phrase, a prepositional phrase that was used as a possessive adjective of Christ. Here's a group of people, but we describe that group of people. It is a group of people that belong to Christ. The word of here is a preposition used of source or of ownership. Another way of describing this would simply be Christ's church. A group of people that belong to Jesus Christ. Therefore, in Romans chapter 16 and verse 16, when it talked about the churches of Christ, it was talking about groups of people that are of Christ, or Christ's groups of people. Singularly, church of Christ, we would say a group of people belonging to Christ. It's very simple. That's all it means. It is not some major theological term that means something different from just normal speech. It's just very simple. A group of people that belong to Christ. That being said, we learn in the Scripture that this phrase is used in two very significant, similar, but distinct ways. We find that it's used in a universal sense. 
in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. I recognize, let me back up and make this point to you. I understand that Romans 16, 16 is the only place where this particular phrase is used. However, cross-referencing in our Scriptures with other phrases that are used interchangeably, meaning the same thing, we can find out how to use this phrase along with others that are interchangeable with it in two very distinct, similar but significant ways. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. Jesus said, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Jesus was going to build what? His church. Would that be the church of Christ? Of course. Christ's church. The church of Christ. He's going to build the group of people that belong to Him upon this rock. The rock that He is the Christ, the Son of God. How many did He say He was going to build? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were also called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. One body. In chapter 1 and verse 22 and 23, we find out Ephesians 1, and 23, He put all things in subjection under His feet and gave Him as head over all things to the church, which is His body. The fullness of Him who fills all in all. The body is Christ's church. Christ's body is Christ's church. And how many did Paul say there were? One. This is that universal group of people who belong to Christ. If you are in Christ, you are a part of this body. Whether you're a member here or not, we're not talking about membership in a local congregation. We're talking about being a part of this universal body of Jesus Christ. If one is in Christ, one is in this group of people who belong to Christ. Doesn't that stand to reason? That just naturally follows, doesn't it? This body is described, you can look in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing up into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Here is this universal body of people who belong to Jesus Christ. They are a part of this household of God. The foundation is the apostles and prophets. Their teaching that came from Christ. The cornerstone is the head of that church, Jesus Christ Himself. It is His group of people, His body, His house. And we're a part of that if we're in Christ. Chapter 4, beginning at verse 11. He gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. 
As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in life. Here's this body. Jesus is the head. And each individual part is to work together to produce unity, to produce love, to help us not be tossed around by every wind of doctrine. God Himself having provided certain gifts and abilities and roles within the body in order to produce that. A group of people belonging to Jesus Christ of all places, of all times, and that is Christ's church. Acts chapter 2 and verse 47 demonstrated that first day when the church was established and what happened on that day as folks were baptized into Christ. It says at the end of Acts chapter 2, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to the church daily those who were being saved. If a person is in Christ, if a person is saved, they are a part of the universal body of Christ. That's separate and apart from being in this congregation. That's the universal group. We find the Bible using demonstrating the use of this phrase, Church of Christ, in this way. What is the Church of Christ? It is the group of people of all times, of all places, that belong to Jesus. It's just that simple. We also find, however, that it can be used and is used in the Scripture in a local sense. In Romans chapter 16 and verse 16, the one place where we see this particular phrase used, all the churches of Christ greet you. We suddenly say, wait a minute, universal sense is only one. How can it be churches of Christ greet you? Because here Paul is using this phrase in a different sense. It's still talking about groups of people, but it's not talking about that universal group of people of all time, of all places that belong to Jesus Christ. Here it's talking about in a localized sense recognizing that when people belonged to Christ, they were going to band together. In fact, God wanted them to band together into groupings of people that belonged to Christ, that accomplished Christ's work. And so in Romans 16, 16, when Paul said, churches of Christ greet you, he's referring to those local groupings of people that have banded together under a common oversight, using a common treasury to accomplish a common work because they belong to Jesus Christ. And so we find it used in a local sense. In fact, we can look in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. To the church of God, which is at Corinth. How many of you realize that this congregation here is the Franklin Church of God? Well, if somebody actually said that, we'd wig out, wouldn't we? We need to remember, that's what we are. We're the church of Christ. We're the church of God. Assembly of God. House of God. That's what we are as a local group. The church of God, which is at Corinth. 
He was referring to a particular group of people that were in a particular place meeting together. Not the folks of all over the world of all time, but this particular group meeting at this particular time. He opened up 2 Corinthians chapter 1 the same way. You look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth. And then he said, with all the saints who are throughout Achaia. He also wanted to go to all those other saints throughout Achaia. Interestingly, if you look at the beginning of the book of Galatians, Corinth was a city, Galatia was a region. Much like Franklin is a city, Tennessee being a state. You've got that same kind of concept there. In Galatians, however, in verse 2, he said, that all, and all the brethren here with me, to the churches of Galatia. Galatia being a much broader geographic area, there wasn't going to be one local congregation. There were going to be several. And he was writing to all of those different localized groups of people that had banded together under a common oversight using a common treasury because they belonged to Jesus Christ. In, in the book of Revelation, if you look at the beginning of the book of Revelation, chapter 1 and verse 4, it says in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 4, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come. He talks about seven local groups of people in Asia. And as we examine the New Testament, we find out that not only does God refer to the universal body, the group of all people who belong to Jesus Christ. He also refers to local bodies that belong to Jesus Christ that are accomplishing their work. Two distinct yet similar things. But I want you to notice that in both cases, in the universal sense and in the local sense, the church still means group of people that belong to Christ. And keeping that in mind, I want you to notice that this phrase, neither this phrase or any of its interchangeable phrases are used in three ways that they're commonly used today. First of all, you will never find Church of God, Church of Christ, House of God, Assembly of God, or any of them to ever refer to a building in the Bible. It just doesn't happen. Yes, I understand grammatically, through figures of speech, through the use of metonymy, just as with other words in our language, that through that figure of speech we could refer to this structure as a church. I understand that. But I just want us to understand that scripturally speaking, whenever the Bible referred to a church or the church, it never once meant a building. It always referred to a group of people, whether in the universal sense or in the local sense. So while we might refer to this through some figure of speech, this building as a church here in Franklin, the reality is that the church are the folks that are here, that assemble together. And we've got to make sure we understand that. The second thing is it never referred to a denomination. I want to read something to you from the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology by Donald Tinder. It says, Denominations are associations of congregations. Do you catch that? Associations of congregations. In other words, groups of local churches. Moreover, a true denomination does not claim to be the only legitimate expression of the church. What we find here then is a denomination is an organized entity that is supposed to be somewhere between the local body of Christ and the universal body of Christ. We're going to have groups of churches that decide they agree on things 
to band together and to form some kind of association or denomination and they will be an entity unto themselves. One thing we find in Scripture, excuse me, one thing we don't find in Scripture is that setup. You had the universal body of Christ, which was all Christians of all places of all times that were part of that. And then you had local bodies of Christ that taught the doctrine of Christ and belonged to Jesus, and that was it. They never bonded together in any kind of organization or any kind of grouping of, of churches in between that. The church was always a group of people. The universal church is not a group of all the congregations that belong to Christ. It is a group of all the Christians that belong to Christ. And a local church is a group of all the people that have agreed to work together because they belong to Christ in a given area. And never once does the Scripture ever refer to anything in between there. Not a single time. And thirdly, the church is never used to refer to an individual. This is very important to understand this. Some people have made the mistake that because the church is the people, then that means Charles is the church of Christ. He's the church, right? So anything he does is the church doing it. That's not the way it works. Look in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 12. Excuse me, verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 16. Here, of course, the text refers to a sister in Christ. So maybe we should use Loretta as our example instead of Charles. If any woman who is a believer has dependent widows, she must assist them. Why? And the church must not be burdened so that it may assist those who are widows indeed. Now, if Loretta was the church and she helped a dependent widow, that would be the church doing it, wouldn't it? if she's the church. But she's not the church. Neither in the universal sense or in the local sense because the church is a group of people. She's an individual Christian. And when she does something on her own, she is doing it. And the church, the group of people, is not burdened. You see, if the individual person could be described as the church of Christ or of God or the house of God, then this verse could make absolutely no sense because everything we did as individuals would then burden the church. you see the point there? The word church is never used to describe an individual. It's used in a universal sense, it's used in a local sense, but it's never used in the Bible to refer to a building, to a denomination, or to an individual. And now I just want to talk to you about just some practical things. Some things that, that I think are a demonstration, perhaps, that Christians in general are beginning to forget some of these basics. Let me ask you, have you ever heard any of these phrases? Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm Church of Christ? Have you ever said it? You don't have to answer that. How about, well, he's a Church of Christ preacher. Is that preacher Church of Christ or is he something else? Anybody heard that? How about, why, well, that's Church of Christ doctrine. Do you believe Church of Christ doctrine? Have you heard that? Or, why, well, that's a Church of Christ paper. That's the Church of Christ magazine. The Church of Christ puts that out. Hmm. Well, that's the Church of Christ radio program. This is not biblical language. 
Church of Christ is a noun phrase. It is not an adjective. It doesn't describe things in this way. We've started doing this, brethren have started doing this, because in our language, when you deal with the denomination, an association of congregations that have come together, the names of those denominations have, in fact, begun to be used as adjectives, so that you might have somebody say, I'm Baptist, or he's a Methodist preacher, that's Episcopalian doctrine, or that's a Presbyterian magazine, or a Pentecostal radio program. Because of those denominational groups, their names are used as adjectives, but never once in the Scripture is it used that way. Is this a Church of Christ church? That's kind of redundant, isn't it? It's kind of ridiculous. No, this is not a Church of Christ church. This is a Church of Christ. It is a group of people that belong to Christ. It is not a group of people that belong to Christ that are a church. I mean, that's, that's not the way these terms are supposed to be used. We shouldn't use them this way. Instead of saying, I'm Church of Christ, we ought to say, I'm a Christ. Or I'm Christ. I'm a Christian. That's all I am. Because I am not a particular kind of Christian. I'm just a Christian. And all I want to do is belong to Jesus Christ and be a part of His body. I'm Christ. I am a member of His church. But I am not the church of Christ. I am not church of Christ. I am a Christian. I am Christ. A preacher of Christ. Or, or, or God's preacher. Christ's preacher. A preacher of the gospel. Any of those kind of things would work. But I, it's not church of Christ preacher. There's no such thing. Anybody remember any time when Paul said that he was the church of Christ preacher? Anybody know where that verse is? Or a church of God preacher or a house of God preacher? No, he said God gave some to be evangelists. And they're members of Christ's church if they belong to Christ. But that's it. He declared himself a bondservant of Christ. He declared himself a preacher of the gospel, but never once did he say, I'm a church of Christ preacher, I'm a church of God preacher, I'm a house of God preacher, I'm assembly of God preacher. He never said that. Gospel preacher, preacher of Christ, Christ's doctrine. Here's one of the very interesting things, that universal body of Christ having just organization under Jesus' head. We don't have any group anywhere that's writing doctrine, that organizes it, that authors it, that's such that we can say, church of Christ's doctrine. It doesn't happen that way. We've got God's doctrine, Christ's doctrine. That's all we've got. That's how the New Testament refers to it. So if anybody doesn't abide in the doctrine of Christ, who neither has the Father nor the Son. It's Christ's doctrine. If there's a magazine, you know what? The universal body of Christ, not nowhere does the universal body of Christ put out a magazine or a radio program. There's just not that kind of organization in the universal body of Christ. So it can't be a, a radio program that is the Church of Christ's radio program or magazine. Maybe there's a local congregation that's doing that. Then why not say that? Here's a, why that's the Franklin Church of Christ's radio program. It belongs to them. They're the one hosting it, if we were. Well, that's a magazine that's put out by Christians. You see the point here? What we need to understand, we've got to understand what the church is, because the problem is when we don't understand what the church is, when we don't understand what the church is, we misspeak and we misrepresent. The universal church is just those who belong to Jesus Christ. The local church is just a group of people that have gathered together who belong to Jesus Christ. And that's it. And we've got to speak about these things correctly. Now, I understand a lot of these things I've just mentioned, for most of us, are probably just grammatical gaffes. 
We're not that good at the English language, and we weren't aware that that's what we were doing. And I don't believe people are going to be condemned for not speaking grammatically correctly all the time. However, I do think we need to be people who stand up and uphold the truth and demonstrate the truth to folks. And let them see, this is what God expected. He expected a universal body, and he expected a local body, and nothing in between, and that's it. And when folks ask us questions, instead of stepping back and saying, Oh, Edwin, they just didn't understand what I meant, and, and I'm, just, I'm just using the language that they understand that they use. Instead of doing that, why not use as an opportunity to teach? I know folks don't understand. We don't understand sometimes. Do we want to be left in ignorance, or would we like folks to help us understand? I think in a loving way we can help people understand, but what we've got to conclude is that the most important thing is we've got to be in Christ. Because what is the Church of Christ? The Church of Christ is the group of people who are in Christ, whose blood has been, excuse me, whose sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29 says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. How do we enter Christ? Through baptism. What is the church of Christ? It is the collection of all those who have entered Christ because they believe in Him, have confessed their faith in Him, have turned away from their sins, and have been baptized for the remission of their sins. Entering Christ to be a part of His body. Whether you remember this congregation or some other one, that's the body of Christ. And the question is, are you in that body? Thank you so much for studying God's Word with me and the Church of God in Franklin today. I hope our simple and straightforward Bible approach helped clarify what God's Word says about His Church and helped you understand a little bit more of what the Franklin Church is striving to be. If someone has given you this lesson on tape or on CD, let me invite you to visit our website where you are welcome to download as many of our studies in either audio or outline format as you like. Our website is www.franklinchurchofchrist.com. If you have any questions about Christ, about His church, or about the local church meeting in Franklin, feel free to contact us by calling 615-794-2359 or going to our website. Again, that site is franklinchurchofchrist.com. May God richly bless you as you draw closer to Him. More importantly, may you richly bless God.